Hi, this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. I'm on my own this week, guys and girls. Um, so what we're doing is we're doing a special two-part podcast. I was very lucky in that I was given the opportunity to join the Lacunical tour bus in their very short two-festival tour of Europe, as it were, starting off with Alcatraz in Belgium last Friday, and then following up the next day with Bloodstock Festival in England. And I joined the tour bus and basically spent two days having a great time, doing some interviews, meeting some great people, but specifically recording, well, basically what happened over the course of those two days so that you can all share my experience. Uh, Hopefully you'll like it. So it all kind of starts with me getting in my car at uh, 12 midnight on Thursday night and then just kind of take it away from there, really. Uh, it's going to be pretty much, pretty much warts and all, so I'm not doing much in the way of editing. You're just going to see, or I should say hear, what goes on. And I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Okay, so it's Matt here from Empty Spiral. It is 12 midnight on Friday, so Thursday night, Friday morning, and I'm about to do a very crazy thing. So the plan is to drive to South Mims, join a bus, and then from there we're going to head over the channel into Belgium, Alcatraz Festival, see Lacuna Coil, and then back across the channel again to Bloodstock Festival up in Derbyshire, and then I'm going to drive home. So that's about 36 hours of craziness. So how this is going to work is, assuming I'm not dead or zombified, I'm going to be recording my journey in bits and pieces, and maybe speaking to some people if we're lucky, and just kind of giving you an idea of what I'm up to over the next couple of days. And that's about it, really. So I say it's just uh, midnight. I'm just driving into London. And then driving up to South Mims. And uh, yeah, that's this the beginning of it, really. You can probably hear me driving off now, so I better turn this thing off while I concentrate on the road. And I'll catch up with you all later, probably in a couple of hours' time. We'll join the tour bus and uh, we see what happens from there. Catch you later. All right, time check. It's 2 o'clock in the morning on Friday. Uh, I'm tired. It's South Mims and the bus has just turned up. So we're just loading up and then we're going to get going. Heading for... The coast, I think, is about as much as we can say at the moment. Belgium. Belgium, apparently, yeah. And uh, and then who knows? So there we go. Catch you later. All right, time check. It's just gone two o'clock. The bus is on its way. We are heading southeast towards the coast. We're going to get on a ferry probably in a few hours' time. So we're all going to get a bit of shut out right now because I suspect we're going to miss out and sleep quite a lot tomorrow. Uh, tour bus is very nice, and uh, I actually was watching the Big Bang Theory, which is a very nice TV. But uh, I think it's time for bed, so catch up in a few hours. I expect I'll be awake uh, for the ferry. Speak to you later. Time check, it's 06.23, and I'm on the ferry. Uh, had a bit of a sleep, uh, feeling a little bit better. It's rather foggy at the moment, lots of people on board. But we are heading to Belgium. Thank you. 
Okay, so we've, we've arrived in Calais. Uh, just waiting to get off the bus at the moment. Oh, sorry, get off the uh, ferry. So we're all sitting on the bus, waiting for it to move. So I've been on a number of tour buses. This one's actually really nice, really large. I think it's 16 or I think it's 16 bunks. But had have had a couple of hours sleep on the bus. And bearing in mind what happened was that uh, so got on the bus uh, north London, drove around London, and then drove down to Dover and got on the ferry. So we had to get off the bus once we got onto the ferry. So we've been sitting on the ferry having a conversation, watching watching the water go by. Uh, and now I've got a bit more time to sort of talk about experience being on the bus. So the tour bus itself, as I say, it's well, it's um, it's very nice. It's uh, I'm sitting at the back, at the top. You can easily seat 10, 12 people in here. Um, nice big TV. But that's not that's not where you're going to be. Um, so we spent two hours getting some sleep and we got to realise is that you're essentially in a coffin that's six feet long and about three feet wide tops. Uh, it's a comfortable coffin, but it's still a coffin, and you can feel every rumble, every bump on the road. So you're going to get. It is not a pleasant experience. I'm sure it's one you get used to. So when bands complain about spending time on the roads, you can understand why it gets to you. There's very little space here. There's very little. Um, space for yourself now at the moment there's actually only five of us on the bus because we're just heading into Belgium and there's loads of space in fact I'm in the room on my own right now but I can imagine once you've got the whole crew and a band on here and all their equipment and all of their luggage the place is just going to be stacked up and certainly that's been my experience on other tour buses where I've spent time interviewing with Lacuna Coil so yeah, that's the kind of the tour buses uh, at the moment really. It's um I'm a bit tired, so I'm kind of rambling a little bit. I uh, only had a couple of hours sleep since uh leaving at midnight. Uh still quite a journey to go before we get to the venue. Um might go get a few more hours sleep now while I can actually. And uh, I'll catch up with you later. Well, the local time now is just gone 10 o'clock in the morning. It's uh, on a Friday, of course, and I'm in Cordrick. Uh, we've arrived. Uh, I slept through most of the journey, to be honest. Uh, feeling a bit more human now. Just reflecting on what I, my thoughts of earlier of the tour bus. Still sitting in the same place at the back. So as I try to describe the inside really. So downstairs you've got a front lounge area which has also got the kitchen and a very small toilet and a, a little wash area off to one side. There's a coffee machine there and some microwave and there's about eight seats and a big TV, sort of flat screen TV and against the wall. It's clearly the place where you probably spend the vast majority of your time downstairs eating and so on. There's a single table there. It's quite cramped actually and I can imagine it getting even more cramped as more people come aboard. Bear in mind there's still only three of us on the bus at the moment. 
that takes up pretty much most of the front of the bus, other than the driver's area at the front. Now, I understand the driver's area actually has two bunks to accommodate both drivers, which is great. So it means that one of the bunks upstairs isn't used. So moving towards the back of the bus, you then have the main set of stairs, which lead up. Uh, the rest of the bus is taken up with the downstairs, as you say, is taken up with the engine and storage, so that's not the place you need to go. Come upstairs and the, it divides into two. You go to the right to the back and you're into the, I guess I would describe it as the back lounge. It's got TV, as I described earlier, about 12 seats in it. And it's very, very comfortable. Windows looking out the back and the sides. They're all... Um, they're all covered windows or can be covered but you get a pretty good view out of the back of the van back of the coach I should say bus, tour bus, that's what I mean um, there's also by looks of things a, a fridge and a bin and a couple of storage areas generally speaking it's it's really comfortable you then move I said there's the stairs split into two so if you take the front split you then go through a little door and you're into I've now nicknamed the tomb because you're on either side you've got uh, bunks which as I said before are about six foot long and about two, two, three foot wide tops and about two, three foot tall they're padded inside, they've got uh, memory foam and pillows quite comfortable actually uh, but as I say they're very claustrophobic and there's a little curtain which divides you up for the rest of the world they're stacked too high so you can either go right down and roll in at ground level or you can climb in at about chest height. Um, because there's 16 bunks and there's not going to be that many people, what we're tending to do is put our gear at the, at the chest height and then just roll it in at uh, a ground, uh, ground level. Um, so you put your gear in the top bunk. Typically people take their shoes off and sort of slide them in a gap on the ceiling, but there's not a lot of room at all. Once you're in, it is really claustrophobic. Um, in fact, we got on the ferry last night this morning actually it was this morning got on the ferry and they, they cut the power on the bus because it gets turned off and what you get normally is you get a series of green kind of emergency lights really just lights which guide you down the centre of this tomb so you can get to your bunk but that got turned off and suddenly the whole thing was in absolute darkness and because everything had gone quiet it's no longer moving so you don't get the movement or the sound of the road uh, beneath you there is a real sense of sensory deprivation it was really quite creepy um, really creepy and I woke up and well I didn't wake up I was still already awake but I kind of became more awake and jumped out as best you can and we got off the bus basically because well, well, you're not allowed to stay on the on the the, the, uh, the car deck of the ferry so we got off uh, got out of the bus and I was at that point very glad to leave it behind headed upstairs onto the ferry itself which is really busy at uh, 5 o'clock this morning as, uh, as I described earlier so that's really what the bus is like I, I don't recommend it one thing I will say though the bed linen is really clean really comfortable but it's been washed in uh, fabric, fabric conditioner very similar to what I use at home so it was really quite familiar homely smell when I climbed into the bed the early hours of this morning so uh, that, that was something that I, I kind of enjoyed because obviously it smelled like my own bed which was a bit weird really given it was so very very different but now I managed to sleep in it um, I'm a bit cramped um, I'm not six foot tall but even so 
you uh, you get really cramped in there, and there's not a lot of room. Oh, inside the uh, each of the the coffins, as I call them, inside the tomb, the bed itself, you've got a little light which has got three settings: red light, white light, and off. You've got a single power supply, which, as you can well imagine, it typically used to charge phones. Um, and a little net for your bottles that you can put up against the side. And that's it. Anyway, I'm glad I'm not in there at the moment. Um, and anybody that has to spend weeks or months on the road in those things has my sympathy. No wonder people go stir crazy. Anyway, looking out the window at the moment, uh, it's hard to tell with this grey because of the. Uh, polarised nature of the windows, but I can see lots of trees and a few buildings and a road and another tour bus next door. It looks like we're in a car park or something. Don't see any festivals. Uh, had a quick check of the weather and it looks like it's going to be raining later, so I'm glad I bought my looking Nicole hoodie. Um, hoping to catch up with a few people. Um, I'm sure I'll be speaking to a few fellow coilers and uh, catch up with the band later myself. That's it for now, actually. Um, catch up with you all later. Oh, and there's another thing you need to know about the tour bus. It has a flat screen TV in the toilet. And no, none of us know why. I'll post a picture later. Um, what time is it? It's, uh, it's midday. Midday. It's midday. Uh, speaking to Gus. Hello, Gus. Hello. How long have we tried to corner you and have a conversation? You're just like the Scarlet Pimpernel, aren't you? Well, you know, someone's got to do some work, haven't they? <laughs> So I've got I haven't got time to sit around ponting about. <laughs> However, the band aren't here yet, so there you go. It's nice and easy. Great resort. It's a good breakfast, nice empty room, people wandering past. Yeah, yeah. So you're tour manager. What does that really mean? What's a day for Gus mean? We talk about doing the real work. How does this stuff work? Basically tour management. It's like kindergarten. It's running around, it's making sure that everything happens for everybody on the tour, the band, the crew, the, the local promoter, whatever. Just everything. You always look really busy. I am really busy. <laughs> always. How long have you been doing it? Too long. With these guys, uh, 2005. And before that I was backline teching for them, was doing guitars and whatever for a few years. And then uh, we did Ozfest 2004 and POD in the States. And their management at the time was like, we really need to, we need someone, but we can't afford anyone. So can you do a bit of it? And the merch girl will do a bit as well, and split it between you, which is just not a good way to go. Trying to mm. split a job like this doesn't work. Um, and then 2005, the, the the band and the management decided, look, you've got to have a tour manager. And uh, yeah, where are we now? 2014. Just about. Yeah. There's been quite a lot of water under the bridge over that time. Been a lot of whiskey down the neck as well. <laughs> and on the bus. <laughs> and on the bus, all over the bus. <laughs> yeah, we still haven't, we still haven't uh, let Shum forget that particular Shumageddon. Bus. Oh, what a nightmare night that was. <laughs> that made me look good. Even on my worst night, I've not looked that bad, I don't think. <laughs> and I've had some bad nights, as the band will tell you. As you've probably seen no, at some I've, point. Yeah, yeah, I've seen. <laughs> so, okay, so 2005, became tour manager. Uh, but obviously there's the other things you do other than working with a car, isn't there? So. Yeah, I mean, th th this is one of the things where um, I think a lot of bands don't understand how crew really works a lot of the time. You know, they, they think we come out and we get paid loads of money to work for them and that's it. We just sit around the rest of the year and don't do anything. And it's like, well, no, not on the wages you're paying and no anyway, because most crew 
tend to like to work. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I just manage other bands. If stuff comes up, I go out and do backline. I'll drive trucks if needed. Uh, I've just spent a week up to my knees in mud in Kendall doing a big festival there as a site electrician. Um, it's just anything and everything. I'm not like you enjoy it though. You sound cynical, but I know you really enjoy it. Oh, no, no, I, I don't think I'm excessively cynical. I mean, I do. I, I think I'm, I'm, I've been very blessed. It's a great job to have. You meet a lot of wonderful people. You get to you get to travel the world. You don't see much of it, but you do get the odd occasion where you can go out and see places that are really interesting. And, um, you know, it's. Uh, I, I can't see myself in a... I can see myself in a shirt and tie, but not in an office. You know, I understand uh, that. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you can handle... Often talk to people and they're like, oh, "How do I get into the business?" It's like, I don't know if you want to get into the business, but the bottom line is, the work itself. Yeah, you'll probably be fine with it. It's the it's the conditions around the work. It's can you live out of a suitcase in a really confined space with a load of people? Hopefully, people you get on with. But sometimes you're on tours where you don't get on with someone, or there's like it's an us and them with the band and the crew are totally separate and never the twain shall meet. And it's, it's all those conditions. If you can deal with all of that and do the job, then fine, you're in the right business. Talked about the conditions. So my first experience of sleeping on a tour bus was, well, when I say sleeping, <laughs> dozing on a tour bus was overnight, and I've already described it as a coffin, yeah. a tomb. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you ever get used to it? It's funny, you go home after a three-month tour and you, you kind of miss it. <laughs> you miss the noise, you miss the, you, as much as you don't like them, you miss the smells, um, you know, because if you imagine you're in this really confined space and you've got like 10, 12 bodies, all producing heat, all producing noxious fumes, all just, you know, sh- socks and rotten feet everywhere and, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, it's, it's a very weird situation. You, you, you could spend months and months on the bus and, you know, there's that constant noise of the bus moving, there's the movement of the bus, there's the people getting up and about and partying or whatever and you have to deal with all that. And you get home and it's, like, really weird because it's quiet and still and, wow. The bed's not rumbling underneath you. The bed's not rumbling under you and you've got room to move around in your bed and, you know, it's, it's um, different. One of the problems I, I do find with uh, when I get off tour is I've become so conditioned to being 24-7. You know, you go to bed, phone's on, because you just never know, you can't turn it off just in case something happens. You get dragged out of bed at any time by a bus driver who's freaking out about something or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so when I go home, I actually find it very difficult to decompress from that. Hmm. I can well imagine it's a very different lifestyle. I mean, as you say, there's you just tonight get a couple of hours kit, waking up for the ferry, you've got to be away for that. Yeah, uh, so it's that the crazy hours, the unpredictable. Yeah, you don't, you, don't, you know, the, the concept. I mean, I know this is a uh, people are arguing about the concept of eight hours un, uninterrupted sleep and how that's not actually really how it works, but mm. no way on tour, no way. No. You know, if, usually on tour, Unless I have average, who still hasn't surfaced. Yeah. But, you know, on tour, I'll, if I'm lucky, I average four or five hours a night. Yeah. And when I get home, I find it very difficult to stop doing that. Mm. I don't need to do it. I'm tired. I know that I need to sleep, you know. Um, and it becomes a bit of an issue when you're like, you're, you've been home for three weeks and you're still waking up at stupid o'clock and whatever. So, as you say, you deal with all the crap, basically. Get, keep it all running. So there must have been some 
pretty weird crap that's occurred over the years. You've got some stories. I'm not allowed to talk about that. Oh, come on. I it's do... not one of those what goes on tour stays. No, but I, I, you know, it is that scene out of uh, Spinal Tap where the tour manager is just freaking out. He's like, there's no sex and drugs for fucking Ian, is there? I'm the one looking for mandolin strings at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> in, in wherever. And that's kind of what it is, you know. I actually tell people, look, if you want to, if I'm in town and you're around, great, come down to the show. But I can't hang out. I'm working, mm. and you're just always working. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, if you're doing the job right, yeah. I, I feel. But that's the way I approach the gig. You know, um, spend a lot of time in advance of tours, making sure that everything's advanced as much as possible, so that when we get there, it should be smooth. And if it isn't, I've got time to deal with any issues that do do can pop up. You know, I. I, I I personally like to just be on it all the time. Mm. I don't want to be the guy who's so hammered that he can't do his gig. Mm. You know, need to be available to do stuff, need to be awake, need to be functioning. Um, within, you know, obviously, you can't do that all the time. You've got to blow out occasionally. So it's a, a work harder than party hard sometimes on a day off kind of? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Though you never really have a day off. If you, as a tour manager, you don't get days off. Yeah, you're not doing a show that day, but you're still talking to people about shows that are coming up. You're still dealing with stuff that day with the bus or the band or the hotel or whatever. Um, so, you know, it is, it's, it's pretty full on. But there must be something really nice about it. I, I spent years saying that I didn't want to tour manage. I spent years and years like, I don't want to do it. It's, it's too, too much responsibility, blah, blah, blah. And then I started doing it, and I was like, I actually really enjoy this, the organisation thing, trying to make things work, you know. I enjoyed the interaction with, um, you know, the promoters and venues and, and you know, the, the challenge of, well, there's your budget, make it work, and then trying to make something happen out of that. Um, and I, I've actually kind of found I've really enjoyed it. Do you enjoy your time with the Italians? You can be honest, I can cut it out <laughs> They're, they're, they're lovely guys. They yeah, they can be extremely frustrating, but they're absolute sweethearts. And um, it's it's kind of it's interesting and like I say frustrating in some ways because you're dealing with people who live in a country and, and a city that doesn't have any rock and roll background. Yeah. And the way they view the world, mm. to the way everybody else views the world, can be kind of a, a bit of an issue there. You know, <laughs> the two may not mesh, but. Um, no, they're, they're really nice guys, and um, I actually kind of like what they do musically, which helps. Um, I think the fact. Because so that we're clear, you're not into metal music at all. Not massively. I, I like bits and pieces. You know, there are a couple of bands that some people would class as metal, which I think are fantastic. Um, but there's an awful lot of stuff where I'm just like, what is this all about? I do not get this. And there's an awful lot of stuff where I'm like, I don't get it, but I can see why people like it, or they're very good at what they're doing, but I still don't like it. But there is an awful lot of stuff that's like, why? And that's, that's not just metal, that's all, you know, within lots of genres of music. Um, but what we're going to do, I think, is kind of interesting. It's, uh, for, for the sake of ease, I sometimes try and describe it as they write pop metal songs. They write these short, straight to the point, hmm. catchy, good riffs, driving, you know, tunes. Um, and then they've got you know a great singer over the top of it, great singers, um, you know that play off between the male and female vocal thing, and uh, I actually think they they've done some really good stuff. And, and if they'd had a little more luck, they could have been a lot bigger than they are at the moment. But you know they they've built a very solid career for themselves, and they've built a very solid fan base, mm. which is great. Um, you know, because one of the issues with the music industry these days is there's so many flash in the pan acts. They come up, they do one album, they're flavour of the month, and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Whereas 
bands that have been around that little bit longer and have worked kind of at keeping that fan base with them. You know, they've got a bit more longevity to them and, and uh, they can make a career out of it. Mm. Fair enough. What would your advice be to someone that wanted to become a tour manager? Don't, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a leading question. <laughs> you knew where that one was going. <laughs> Uh, I mean, is it a job you just fall into or do people actually go, I want to be a tour manager? You know, in all the years I've been doing this, I've met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people. I've probably met hundreds of people in the business and only a handful set out to be, I always wanted to be a guitar tech, or always wanted to do this, or always wanted to do that. I think a lot of people always wanted to be in a band and we've, you know, pretty much all of us have done that. Yeah. And one of the gags is, you know, if, you know, a tour manager or a tech or an LD or whatever is a failed musician. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I went to university, I got my degree, I, I left university and, and within a couple of months I was in a band that was signed, had a couple of years of doing that and really enjoyed it and thought, oh, this is kind of cool, you know, and I'd, I'd been doing stuff before that, you know, just pushing boxes and working at, student, at gigs at the Student Union and um, kind of, uh, that band kind of fell apart and I was like, oh, I kind of quite like this, I think I might... So I started doing more local gigs, local crew work, and just uh, worked up from there. I think I think one of the things that I have found recently, in recent times, is you get a lot of people who go to these colleges and whatever, and they get this bit of paper that says they're a they're a rigger or they're a tech or they're a musician or they're a tour manager, and they have no idea what it really means. You know, this really is kind of old school, and that you do need to go out. You just need to do the gig, and you need to. I found one of the reasons I, I think I get away with being a tour manager is because I've done lots of different aspects of the business. Yes. You know, it, it counts for so much in so many jobs. It does. But people don't appreciate that. They think they can just walk in. They've got a bit of paper saying, oh, I'm a tour manager from the, the local college. And it's like, well, yeah, great. Have you ever done blah, 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 blah? No. How do you know what they need then, which is what you need to do? They as can a probably tour do manager. the spreadsheets, but the actual donkey work. Yeah. yeah. But it's not even. It, it's, it's understanding what people need within the gig. You know, what the bus driver needs is not the same as what the backline crew need. What they need is not the same as what the local crew needs. What they need is not the same as what the promoter needs. And what they need is not the same. You know, the band needs all these people to work together to create a situation where the band can go on stage and do their best show possible in the situation that there is. If you have no concept of what all these people are doing and how they work and the time frame for things to happen, how can you possibly manage this thing? So, how much of it is reputational? Because I get an impression of seeing you work that you know you lo- you know a lot of people, a lot of people know you. That must help things. It must smooth things over when you're at shows or when I, you're I, venues. I, I, I don't know if I if I would put it quite like that. Um, I think that attitude is very important. I think if you go in and you're really upfront with people and you try to be professional about advancing the show and you go in and you haven't got like a... You know, I see some people go into gigs and they're shouting and screaming and it's like, dude, why? That, that just gets everyone's back up, it just upsets everyone. You know, if there's a problem, okay, let's try and sort it. And there will be a point when you may need to shout and scream. But that shouldn't be your first point of call, you know? Um, as I said before, before a tour, I'm busy on a tour because I'm advancing the shows so that everyone's aware of what needs to happen when we rock in that day. So there's no nasty surprises in theory, and that just makes life a lot smoother. So when we do rock in with whatever we've got, they're like, okay, yeah, but so you've got this stuff, where's it going? As opposed to no one's talked to anyone. You turn up and they're like, oh, we didn't know what to expect. 
reputation. I don't know. I, as I say, I mean, I think attitude is is um, kind of important, and that's within everybody within that. You know, you need to be able to go in and just be able to just at least good morning everybody really helps. Mm. If you're one of these rock and roll star types on the crew who just doesn't acknowledge the local guys pushing your boxes, like, dude, that's that's just rude. Yeah. You know, they're doing, they're working for you. They're making the show happen for the band. You should at least respect everybody involved. Mm. And there's that great thing, isn't there? There's that uh, Henry Rollins thing that we all see posted around stages all over the world about, yeah, you're turning up in, you're doing 30 minutes of this. These guys have been there for two, three days building the show, making it happen. You know, you should respect them. You know, you should. It's absolutely true. Obviously, there's some idiots within that, but generally. I think if you go in with the right attitude, that really helps. Because then you get remembered, and you you can get away with certain things. You know, some people, some promoters, you know, you've got a deal, and, and this is the deal. It's like, well, dude, can you help me out? I really need this to happen. And if you've got a reputation of being like easy to work with and, and not a pain in the ass for no reason, it's not trust, isn't it? I mean, you take about the tour, you've still got a manager, you're still managing people, mm. managing situations, and. And that does depend on you working with people and building up that levels of trust. I think that's the same in any job. In any I think it is. Job. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you go in and someone you've never worked with before, but you've got the right uh, attitude going in, then unless they're an idiot, then you're going to get a result at the end of it. And if you go in and you do know people and you've built up that trust over the years and, and they know that it's going to be a nice day and everyone's going to be happy and we're, we're going to make this work, it's going to be a great show, yeah. it just makes life so much easier. Yeah. And it's just more pleasant. You know, I, I kind of like that. You know, I've always worked on the principle that, you know, on, on Lacuna Tours especially, um, we like it to be one big unhappy family. So, you know, we all need to get in there. We all need to be hands-on. We all need to have the right attitude. And we all need to just, you know, deal with everybody we meet in the same kind of way as much as possible. Um, and, you know, that... That, that's going back to the, the thing we were talking about before with the conditions of the tour. You need to try and put together a crew that gets on and everyone's on the same page. You, know, you don't you don't need these like rock star guys who are like, well, I'm not touching that because I stopped part of my gig. Dude, we're in, a, we're in a bus with a trailer. It's all hands on deck, you know, it's, it's the way it is. So, Alcatraz today, Bloodstock tomorrow. Yeah. Um, how will you come away on Sunday saying those were a successful couple of days? What's your kind of success criteria for the next 24 hours? I guess if everyone walks off the bus and gets on a plane and goes home. <laughs> I could have predicted that answer, I guess. Why? <laughs> if everyone walks off the bus in one piece, it's a result. Um, we go through it. The gig happens. Mm-hmm. On time. No technical problems as much as possible. We avoid everything that's avoidable. Um, the band comes off stage happy. The kids look as though they've had a good time. The promoters are happy. Then it's a good weekend. Good stuff. All right, well, there you go. Thank you very much, Gus. Take no your time to speak to me today. I really appreciate it. No worries. <laughs> okay, so it's nearly two o'clock, and we just watched what we watched Diablo Boulevard. Hello, Tim, how you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. You're fine. You having a good time? What? You having a good time? I'm having a great time, man. Excellent. Yeah. You're going to uh, interview Lacuna Core soon, aren't you? Yeah, indeed, in about uh, 15 minutes or All right, something. Well, I'm not yeah. going to spoil it then, so you, you can ask your questions and we'll get to read all about it online later, yeah? yeah indeed. Cool. cool. All right, we're going to hang around here for a bit longer, maybe have a few more beers, and then come back later, I guess. That's a great idea. Cool. All right, we'll catch you all later. We're recording. <laughs> we're recording. Everybody say hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Hi.
You're going to introduce yourself again. Who is this on screen? Hello, I'm Jillian. And I'm Thaisa. Hi, I'm Marina. Hi, I'm Clinton. Excellent. Pleased to meet you. Did you enjoy them? Do you have a bit of a... Yes. Yeah. I like them. I got moshed a couple of times. There was an attempt to send me into a circle pit. I wasn't going there, though. This time it was not very, very big. Last year was a disaster, but this year... This year was small, small mosh pits, but last year was trash metal in this day, and it was a disaster. <laughs> Got a bit excited. So are you going to stay here, right yeah. in the corner, at the front, yes. the rest of the day? Well, I hope it doesn't rain. I think it will rain, but we don't care. No, when Lacuna Co plays, we don't care. It doesn't matter, rain or shine, we'll be there. I've got my hoodie, so I'm okay. And I can always use my box of chocolates as a shoe. Although that'll be raining. So thank you again for my chocolates. You're welcome. I think I'll put them on my bunk so they're not stolen by any <laughs> Italians. We'll talk again later. What time is it? What time? Five minutes before two. And we're wandering backstage and we come across a certain singer. Uh, can you introduce yourself, please, sir? Hello, everyone. I'm Christina. Hello, Christina. No, this is Andrea, for those of you who, who maybe we should introduce him. He does it kind of a death growls in the latest album, but I think he should also... In the next right, I'm Andrea. <laughs> in the next one, album, I think the, the album after Broken Crown Haley, you should do some Christina impressions. I think that'd be quite good. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm just trying to get back in the mood of playing a show. You know, I've been home moving stuff around, boxes and... <laughs> totally different uh, life for a month so now I'm trying to get back to the okay now we have a show so warm yeah up. but this is kind of getting into it easy you've got like an hour here yeah, today and then an hour tomorrow, tomorrow whatever, and, yeah. then it's like, and then it's just chilling really isn't it yeah yeah it's okay I mean we flew in yesterday morning so we spent one day in a nice countryside of Belgium <laughs> and we just hang out in the hotel there were the guys from uh, Life of Agony we were in the same hotel we were long time friends so we just had a couple of beers and chatting and relaxing okay. day okay well it's kind of threatening rain at the moment but uh, generally I'm hoping the weather stays nice for you guys yeah yeah it seems I don't know <laughs> every time I've been to Belgium it's been rain so maybe we have maybe, usually maybe, maybe right we before we start the rain comes and mm -hmm. then it goes away like first song clean up and, and it's that that goth that's scene, kind of a it? rule yeah. yeah every time we play a big yeah. show like last year we played uh, in Milan with System of a Down and uh, Deftones a big mm -hmm. show and right before we started it poured down crazy rain and they, we had to delay the beginning 15 minutes mm -hmm. because all the screams were flying away and all the rain was coming so and then went right 15 minutes later, it was perfectly sunny and great show. So. Well, hopefully, I'm I great like when the mood comes in and then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll catch up later. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure you will be. Be, be cornering you <laughs> like some kind of nasty, vermin thing. Oh, yeah. um, Andrea's just turned up. Hello, Andrea. Morgan. Hmm? Hello, the... hello, Andrea. Yeah, Hi, I'm Andrea. There we go. So he's, he has a very good impression of you, by the way. Really? Yeah. How, like, Hi. <laughs> Hello, Christina. Hello, Christina. How are you? I'm doing good. Waking up. Coffee. Coffee Co time. Coffee time. Coffee, Coffee time. time. Well, you got a couple of hours before you got to get up there and mm -hmm. rock your thing. Yeah, I know. Mm. 
So what's your plan for the rest of the day then? Plan for the rest of the day, we have a couple of interviews, there is a photo shoot, then show, then we have a signing session, and then I have no idea. I think we can chill out after that. Yep. That's the plan, chill out for the day. Cool. Yeah, we're gonna check the other bands. Yeah. yeah, if it stays like that, the weather stays like that, but I doubt it. Yeah, it's definitely threatening. Things. Doubt it. <laughs> definitely threatening things. Well, I'm gonna be walking around and recording random stuff Good. today, uh, you know, doing my job as it were. So I'm sure we'll catch up with you later. We'll catch up, folks. I'm gonna grab myself a beard. <laughs> this is chocolates. Oh. For me, not for you. No, no, no. You can sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Bitch. Okay. So I'm I'm recording. Fuck off. There we go. So <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm just speaking to people out there. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just take a shit. Nice. Yes. Nice. Was it a 119 shit? Yes. I was uh, brutal. Uh, I'm so. I'm, I don't know why I didn't sleep tonight. Okay. No. Wait. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. You didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. Yeah. Uh, two days ago. In the night uh, because we had a fucking early flight. So yesterday we arrived uh, here in the uh, city. Yeah. No. And uh, I went to bed actually at mid at twelve o'clock. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, I slept until seven p.m. <laughs> So last night uh, we spent uh, talking and drinking at the bar at the hotel through 1 o'clock, 1.30 and whatever. And actually I went to bed and, and uh, fell asleep this morning at 5.30. So now I'm kind of tired because I put the alarm, of course, at 9 uh, to get breakfast. So I'm kind of tired now. It's kind of weird and, and I'm sweating like a rapist. Yeah, it's quite muddy. It's sweating like a rapist, did you say? Yes. Yeah, so That's a very English thing to say, that. Isn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, that's... And you've shaved your head? Huh? You've shaved your head? And I shaved my head. Completely? Completely. So you've gone for my... I'm bald now. You're bald, you've gone for a man. I'm bald now. So I've got to grow a beard? Yeah, you should. Why you cut it? Hmm? Why you guy? Why I shave? Yeah, why you shave? I don't know, I don't think a beard suits me. I might give it a go though. For the business, yeah. for the work. Yeah. It's a good. Uh. How do you feel about doing an interview? He's already doing one. I'm doing an interview now with him. They're coming back. They're I don't speak English. Yes, you do. He doesn't speak English. <laughs> Uh, it's not English. You want to do an interview with me? You Are you kidding me? Yeah, you can do an interview with Tim. Come on. Yeah, you can do an interview with Tim. Andy and Christina are just going to the bus. They'll come back. If they come back, then. We can make a three-way But Christina, she was taking a shit as well, so it was okay. And, uh... Better take this with you. Yes. I trust you, but... It's a lot of guys coming to sweat. Yes, Tim, it's fucking warm. Oh, yeah. And the sun isn't even shining. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazy Belgium. Yeah. Wish we were in Italy, right? In Italy, it's pain in the ass. It's raining uh, every really? fucking day. Really? Yes. And when the sun is come out, uh, it's insanely hot. Yeah, And humid. So, it's better rain, actually. Yeah. It's very English. It's just changed. In England now, it's very hot. And in yeah. Milan, it's raining all the well, time. It yeah. Well, it's, it's very hot for us. Man, it's Milano kind of mediocre for the rest of the world. Day. Yeah, okay. It's very hot. It's just where it needs to be. It's the best country in the world. Yeah. Anyway, you're going to be. What is the best uh, country in the world? Say again. England, of course. England. Oh. Of course. 
Does New York talking about the countryside? Yes. Yeah, I'm talking about the cities. The landscape, uh, the greens, uh, yeah, lots the, of the greens, uh, the, the fields, yeah. fields, the field, fields, 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 fields. fields. Anyway, this is probably going to turn into an English-Italian lesson, so I'm going to give up now, and I'm going to let Tim. Yeah, so okay, let's do the interview. I can speak in in Italian. I can translate for you. <laughs> let's not be that. Uh, we didn't really uh, think too much, you know. We said there is a heavy reef. Why don't we try and put some screams and see how it is, you know? So we just did it, and it worked out great. We thought maybe people were going to be shocked after, <laughs> especially the first opening track of the of the album has yeah, been. People that know the band. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, so you could be like, wow, what is it? You know? Because a great opening. Yeah, but we. we we, we, the ground. Ground. Yeah. we just go for it, you know. We just like it, so we say, why not? You know? Oh my god! Well, <laughs> 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 for, for the first Tim, time, Tim, for fuck's sake, ask him a question. You got four. For the first time, you had four people of the band. I've never had this. So, so what does Lacuna Core mean? So, I brought so. you all here to ask a question. Alright. Okay. What does, I know the question. What is, <laughs> what, is, what is it like being a man in a metal band? It's like a <laughs> golden shower uh, for you. Here we go. I don't know, there's no man. There are all girls. There are no women in the band. I no, mean, exactly. besides no, Miles. Yeah, Miles is the only one. See, he's got the God. That was like a moment in time. That's never going to happen again. <laughs> you were a witness of it. I, I, what, I, does I'm, what does Lacuna Coin mean? What does Lacuna Coin mean? No, what, what you could ask is what, how is it to, to have a girl in the band? That it's different than, than yeah. the other bands. You know? Sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. go, go. Because they always ask her, what is, yeah. is it to be a girl Just in the band, you know, no, but, they do it, they do it, they do but maybe the question could be, what is it to have a girl in the band, which is a different thing for a metal band. Not, not, not much anymore, but when we started, it was a kind of a different thing. Ask your question. It's nice, uh, the tour bus is cleaner, you know. <laughs> our, There's always our food. underwear, uh, they're clean all day after the show. She can go, she... After the show, usually what happens is we do, we just change ourselves. We go out uh, ourselves, whatever. We go out to get wasted, drink, uh, fun with people. She stay on the tour bus, washing our fish clothes, and then prepare our food, and then do our baths, make our every baths, morning comes with a coffee. Yeah, with the I find that hard to take. <laughs> it's like there are my dwarves, and I'm like Snow White on the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. Exactly. We are. Everything's candle lit. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's, it's probably hard for them to deal with my mess because I, t I tend to, yeah, exactly. to shop a lot because I'm, I'm in love, you know, with like second-hand shops and bargain shops. So every time I find something, it's just like, oh, it was so cheap that I had to buy it. So I'm, I'm always full of like bags and everywhere. Like, so I put it on, like on the bus. I'm like, with the promise that I'm going to put it away the day after, but I never do. So it's probably hard for them to deal with that side of me. Besides that, <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm, I'm one of them. Yeah, and you're, you're all used to it after so many years. Yeah. Ago, so. Okay, that were actually my questions. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, uh, write down in the proper way my stuff. Thank you. I'm going to take advantage of the situation.
I haven't got any questions, but I'm going to ask some random shit. Okay, okay. Let's go. Fuck you, you sit, sit. Sit, <laughs> Okay, well. So, how's things in Lacuna Core Land then? How are you folks? Who are you? Who am I? <laughs> Land. Land. How's things in your world? You know, how are you? How's the band? Is the band is doing really good. No, I think the band is doing really good. Uh, it took a little while to reassess after. Pizza and Chicho left mm-hmm. because, of course, they were part of a the family. There were two brothers, so it just took a little while to to get over the griefing, if you can say that. Mm-hmm. You can imagine if now but, uh, she's exactly the opposite. There is like a there is like a new like a new energy within the band. There is a. How are you doing? Hey. Good are to you? see you. I'm doing great. Thank Good you. Good to see you too. But we feel. It's like we are starting a new era for the band. We feel more motivated. There is like a new level of energy on stage, especially with Ryan coming in, mm-hmm. coming in the band. Uh, we feel like a not just not like a different band, but almost like we, we feel we are on the next level now. Especially live, probably now, because of course we haven't worked together in the songwriting or in the studio with him. So it's like live. There's definitely a new vibe or new energy. Mm. It's a little different, of course, because it's one less people, and it's, it works pretty well, but it's a little different, obviously. I think you know, for a band that's been around as long as you have, to find that, find something that re-energizes you must be really, really good, really refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I think it will be more of a complete process once we will have a new album, and if Ryan is going to work with us also on the album, it's going to be something... Starting from the beginning all together with new features, we knew it's more of a, a restart. Let's say you know, this one, this album kind of closes a cycle for the band in a way. And I think next one we will open more of a new one. You know, now we're more in between assessing from the, the last album with the other guys and going towards a new approach on songwriting with just one guitar and new drummer. And you know, it's not gonna change completely, but. There will, there will be some crash. So, what I find interesting is that Broken Crown Halo's been out for four months now, and you're already talking about the next album. Marco's started working on the music. Mm-hmm. You're already talking about it. That feels like a, it feels like a new band talking about being excited about making music again. Is that what it really is? Is that what it is? I think it is, because, I mean... Like it's it's very important for every member to be completely motivated because a band it's like a machine that needs to work all the time. So it's okay to to take breaks in between tours, in between songwritings because you need to recover. But it's also important to remember that it's still a passion but a job as well. Yeah. So but but it's a job that you need to love to make it work for real because I mean you have to like what you do to convince people that you do what you do with love because it's the only way to connect with the listener and to your fans so the fact that um, Crits and Pizza were a little tired of the life on the road uh, when, when they left they, they left all the really motivated members in the band mm. so all this energy is like even more connected, even more tight, and there is nobody that might like that might say like, "Oh, I don't want to do this tour. Oh, I'm, you know, I want to be home. Oh, I'm tired." 
because everyone really wants to be here. So you're not having to invest any energy into um, convincing someone in the band? Yeah, not convincing, but the energy is completely yeah. different because yeah. we all want to be here, we all want to deliver the best we can, and we all love to make music. And you, you can tell, yeah. you, can, you can definitely tell. Even if you think about Ryan, for example, he's flying from the States to play a couple of shows, you know, we, of course, we're gonna pay for his flight and everything, but it's still a long flight to come here for two days and play, but he's very motivated in doing it because he loves playing, you know, that's what he has been dreaming all his life. So, and I appreciate you might not be able to tell me everything, but I'm gonna ask a question anyway. What's the situation with Ryan? Do you think you'll be joining What's the band? What's the situation with Ryan? Ryan. Will he be on the front cover of the next album with you guys, or is that something you've not really thought We're talking about it right now. We still have to take a decision because we, we decided together to try first on yeah. this cycle and see how we feel playing with him, how he feels being with us. You know, it's not only about playing. We know he can play the song, you know, yeah, sure. but it's also he's playing with us since now a couple of years at least, you know, and he's with the band as a friend, as a drum tech since seven years or something. So it's not a new guy, but... Of course, we, we, we and he needs to, to feel, to, to actually experience this for like being on tour. There is always a thin line because, I mean, we consider him part of the band in terms of like he plays great with the band, he's is a, is a good friend, has a great attitude. So like technically he's already part of the band. So it's, it's, a, it's just a question of like maybe signing papers or stuff like that, but technically it's already part of the band. Yeah, but we, we took the time, you know, since we don't, we're not in a rush we need to do a next album but we don't we're not in a rush right now so we say okay let's work on this cycle work together see how we feel see how it works you know because we never had a drummer from another continent before you know so we need also not only like the way he plays or like him as a person but also make it work financially and and logistically you know so <laughs> Oh, listen, fuck you, fuck you. Easy, easy answer. Fuck you. Alright, Baldy. And uh, yeah, so we we are finalizing. Let's say the, the we we would like to have him for sure. We have a great relationship with him, but we we need to see if everything works out. Most most likely, yes. Has your Italian has the band's Italian heritage? The fact that. All the way through your career, you've been made up of people from Italy. Is that any factor in whether or not you would make the decision to, to go with Ryan? I mean, it must be something that... Not, not really the nationality, because, I mean, since we started, since day one, we've, we've been more of an international band than an Italian band. <laughs> of course, we have the Italian, you know, characteristics, the, the Italian attitude, because we're passionate, and, you know, we're really loud, really really noisy but in terms of like uh, taste in music and way of work we are really international because we might be you know lazy in everyday little things but not in our work we're really dedicated we, we love what we do we, we are hard worker and and we're really open minds as soon as we started with Lucunapoil we started internationally so we have a really international view on, on the music business on how it works and, and and definitely, I think along the way we have become more of an international band. Even if the, a little bit of the Italian flavor will always be there, as we did in the last album as well, you know. But 
I think we have become a bit more of international people as well, you know, not just as Italian. Actually, Ryan is really Italian, you know, he loves yeah. coffee, he's really Yeah, he got married in Italy, he likes the Italian culture as well, you know, but of course he's not Italian, but I think the band kind of it is in between the two continents in a way, you know, between Europe and Italy and, and America in a way, because we tour so much over there, obviously our music has been influenced also by American bands. So. We are a band in between a little bit, you know, but we will always have that heritage of Italian flavor in a way. I, I think, speaking from what I've seen across the fan base, is that. Solid. No, 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 come here. <laughs> he's certainly um, he's very popular with Lacuna Core fans, I think it's fair to say, Brian. Hardest very popular. People like him, Brian. He's very popular oh, yeah. with Lacuna Core fans. Because he's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's really he's, he's like. I never he's, saw him never saw him getting pissed or like it's really really the perfect person to work with to deal with he's a great friend very honest very love yeah. of course you do know that you will need to give him an italian name to fit in maybe some kind of Rihanna. nickname yeah Rihanna. <laughs> something like Rihanna. Rihanna, okay, so that's what we're going to call him in the future. Rihanna. Rihanna. So, Rihanna, the, the drama. There is, there is not really a, real, uh, a translation for Ryan, I think. What about his uh, play? You're going to have to come up with a nickname. Yeah, probably, yeah. Because his hair's everywhere, maybe you could call him spaghetti. So, we lost the pizza, the spaghetti, we can call him yeah, spaghetti. spaghetti, spaghetti the <laughs> greatest female rock metal singer on the planet. Oh, okay, after like Avril Lavigne. After Avril Lavigne? <laughs> <laughs> it's not because we're friends, okay? After Avril Lavigne. <laughs> and we have an authority, so there we go. Uh, do I, I think I don't have any more questions, actually. I'm sure we'll think of something later. Oh, okay, but one morning. So, You're travelling with us. Yeah, yeah, just for today. Yeah. Sorry. So, Broken Crown Haven. Uh, we reflected upon it last week in the, in the podcast on Empty Spell and we all felt very strongly that this was an album that is extremely strong we're all listening to it consistently after four or five months I think, I mean speaking personally, I, I, where are you I'd be very proud of you okay. when you came out of the recording process did you have any doubts about it's, how popular it would be given some of the things you did with the sound and now I'm, I'm looking at some of the more shall we say controversial maybe sounds like Cybersleep which is very different from other things you've done was there any doubts that it would be a popular album? No, so to me the main doubt is maybe because of the way I see it is if it's too much the same for us you know if it's too much of because after seven albums you know it's hard to come up with the sound of the band is that one you know you cannot change it completely you cannot come up with an album which sounds completely different you know you, there will always be some fresher experiment on the keyboards or whatever we try to as or maybe a few songs like cyber sleep or but my my doubt is always if we are too much uh, stuck in the same vibe of Lacuna Coil. That's my concern more than being too much different, you know. Because it's not easy, you know. After even if we are a band that moved quite a lot in the career in terms of evolution of the sound, you know, if you listen to Inner Avery, it's not the same as Broken Crown. It's the same band. There are certain characteristics that are the same, but it's not exactly the same album you know there, there has been a definitely a, a road we've been uh, walking through you know we've been 
developing our sound. You know, so the, my concern is more that sometimes if maybe we didn't dare enough on the album, you know, because I feel maybe because I'm inside the band, you know, so I I, I listen to the songs for a long time before they come out, so I. I have more doubts about the fact that maybe it's too much of the same, you know, instead of being too, too much of an hazard, you know. Mm -hmm. I just came to the conclusion that it's even useless to worry about it because no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, there will always be somebody that is expecting something else and they cannot even tell you what they expect. Yeah. Because if you put out a record that is not the, let's say, typical Lukumoko sound, everybody will be complaining about that. Not everybody, but of course there will be somebody complaining because of that. If you put out an album that is the accept exact copy of an album that we did 15 years ago there will be somebody saying like oh they have something new. they have nothing new so th there will be always something missing for some people and there will always be people that love what you do so it doesn't it doesn't really matter and what people don't really think is that sometimes you get really attached to a record or an artist because you have reminiscences or memories from a certain period of your life so you connect your life to that album I find myself in love with albums that if I listen to them now they have a horrible production the songs were like not very good songs but I love them because I remember when I was in the pub with my friends having a great time maybe the first nights that I was going out and my parents wouldn't tell you oh you have to come back home but it's a personal connection, it's not really about the quality of the album per se, mm -hmm. but it's a representation of a period of my life. And this is what people don't really think that much. They don't judge an album for the quality of the music or for the songs, but just because they, they even before listening to it, they, they already assume that it's not going to be as good as the album that remembers them yeah. of that period. So it's really hard yeah, when you come you out can, with the album because it's a different type of attachment. Yeah. With the, with the you record. cannot really listen to criticism that much because everybody will say, some people will say, oh, it's too different, it's too American, it's too European, it's too... You cannot please everybody, you know, as a band you need to have the integrity of do, in what you like to do, you know. Of course you will not do a reggae song or something that oh, is too on, far away. come on, you definitely need to do a reggae song. No, no, we're not gonna do, we will always be a rock metal band with dark atmospheres, you know. That would be always our, our cliche as a band, you know, and that it's the way we like that, to sound our band, you know. But definitely we don't want to just stuck be stuck in a cliche because we have to be part of the the female fronted symphonic or that we can be symphonic i'm nothing against being symphonic in one song but it's not we're not only that you know we can have some symphonic elements in our music but we don't want to be like nightwish for example you know because they are nightwish you know they are a different band you know they, they have their sound and their symphonic world is very strong and they're very tied to that kind of approach you know, and that's what people expect from them but we're not we never have been and we will never be because we are lacuna coil we're not nightwish <laughs> well, long may, long like may that not. continue so i would say we, we want you to remain lacuna coil so. yeah and we personally we don't have fun if we feel we're we're faking something to to please because okay we should keep this kind of sound because it's popular and with Intentation or Nightwish are going into a softer symphonic kind of metal so we should pursue that because we're not as big as them in Europe or whatever it's, it couldn't it's not possible we would feel very dishonest and we wouldn't like the music we would play that way you know? because it's not what we like it's not what we listen to it's not, it's not us. 
that's the problem. You know? Like it or not, we are more of a mixed band. I like to listen to modern metal as well as some more classic stuff, as well as some more gothic stuff. You know, I don't only listen to new bands. I don't only listen to old bands. You know? There are old bands that I love, and there are new bands that I like. You know? So it's not. Sometimes people have too many preconceptions, but I understand why. You know, because I got chance to travel a lot, to experience a lot in my life, and somebody that maybe has more of a regular lifestyle doesn't have the same chance, you know, so they will always be stuck to their, like, people that will always listen to ACDC for their, I love ACDC, is the first band I grew up with, my dad bought me a cassette, my cousin gave me a leather B-Rock vinyl, so I will always be attached, my first metal show was ACDC, so I will always love ACDC, and they have a great catalog, and I, but I'm not listening to ACDC every day, you know, and I don't, nowadays I can also try to listen to something else, you know, I don't have to live my entire life only listening to Metallica or Iron Maiden or ACDC because I like them, I still like them, but I don't want to listen to them every day. You know? And a lot of people doesn't get the opportunity to open their mind because of what life brings to them, you know, not because they're stupid or they're close-minded, it's just the, the situation you live in really influenced also your attitude, you know, when you get to experience and to travel, even, I'm not talking about traveling the world, you know, you can just travel city to city in your country, but it definitely opens your mind to to different views, different customs, different, and it's very important, you know. That's why we don't like I think that's definitely like reflected in the music that you guys have done over the years. It's very diverse, and I've sometimes argued that you could probably be a more popular band if you stuck yeah. to one thing. Yeah. I mean, after after Comalize, we could have done another another Comalize. You know? And people probably would really dig it because they love Comalize. So if we tried to write, but we would, wouldn't be us, you know, no. because back then after Comalize we were already listening to something else, you know. So we, we moved to Karmaco. It might have been smarter to do another Comalize you know, or another Karmaco after Karmaco. Well, I think the people that recognize that fact, what you just said there. That just leads to more respect for you as people and as musicians because you remain true to what you want to do. And there are people that, this is where we get into a place where fans will refer to bands as sellouts, but they've not remained true to what they are as people. And they've gone, actually, it, it would be better for me to do the popular thing and stick to one type of music or, and, and become more successful as a consequence of that. But once you get past that, that thin veneer, there isn't a respect there. And I think what you guys have managed to do over you know, well over a decade of, of releasing, as you say, seven albums, is you've remained true to that. And I think that has to be understood and respected. And the fun thing is that sometimes you meet fans that discover the band with Shallow Life or with Dark Adrenaline. You know, a lot of people discover because the new generation, they were in there where Comalize came out. So they discover Comalize maybe after they have heard one song that they like, Trip the Darkness, and they go check out the back catalog, and they go on YouTube and check out other songs. And they discover the band backwards, you know, they go backwards. Oh, I, absolutely, I see that all the time. A lot of people. And I, yesterday we were at the airport in, uh, in Milan, in Bergamo, and a kid came to us. I thought, you are Andrea from Lacuna Co. And he was, what, maybe 12 years old, you know. And he's like, surely he wasn't there when Comalize was there, you know. <laughs> he's older than, he's younger than Comalize. So it's like... He was conceived. Yeah, he was conceived, yeah. He was conceived, <laughs> yeah when, so... Obviously, it all depends. Obviously, there, there are moments in the career of a band where you get more attention. You know, when you come out and you start to get popular, obviously there's more focus because you are the new thing. You know, that happens for every band. You know, 
And then it, the, the hard thing is. Excuse me? He keeps talking. What can I say? I will be broke. E ha detto che vediamo però sul tardi. Forse riusciamo a fare per mezzo. It really depends from who you're talking to, you know. But it's great to see that new generation coming on board. And I, and I see that really clearly. At the moment, we, we're going through the songs in Shadow Life. Uh, as, you, as you know, on the podcast, we're kind of reviewing each of the albums in turn. And I've been reflecting on some of the things I've seen over the course of Shadow Life and onwards. There are a number of people, like you just said, that discovered the Kunikor with Shadow Life. Especially with Spellbound, obviously, yeah, because Spellbound it was the, it was the single. Yeah, yeah. And Shadow Life, overall, was a difficult record for us because we were changing the producer for the first time, going to work with somebody else that we didn't really know really well before. Like, every time you work with somebody new, you kind of take a chance, you know, because you, he has to understand what you want to do, you have to understand how it works. So it, it's never easy, especially because before that we always worked with the same producer, Valdemar. So it was not an easy record to make because we were shifting to some very different kind of producer. And we learned a lot working with Don, you know. But I think even Dark Adrenaline was where we actually reached the best result with him because he, he really got to know us and we really got to know him better, you know. So Shall I was an experiment in a way. It was, okay, we're trying, we have this kind of different songs, different producer, different production, different studio. So we took a lot of chances. We changed the management, we changed. It was a, a big time of changing for us. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely a step change in, yeah. in the Kunikon. And it was very, very, very different. But without Shallow Life, probably we wouldn't have been here, or, you know, because if we probably if we wouldn't do that step, we couldn't experiment then and maybe go back to something heavier or put in a grow back because maybe we need to go through a phase to then see what you really still like and what you maybe you don't like anymore that much. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you, and I think that's, that's Shallow Life is a lot of people's favorite album. People that discover the Kuna Core with Shallow Life. So many people I've spoken to will go, Shallow Life. The people that have grown up with Lacuna Core, and I'm not talking about 12 year old boys, I'm talking about people that have listened from Inner Reverie or the original Beyond Us. Shallow Life is another step away from that. Yeah. Going back to Christina's point about those memories, those reminiscences yes. about, about old music. But <laughs> it was kind of. I think it was a kind of a test for fans, old school fans, as you have referred to them in the past. Like, stick with us, you know? We're going through this. We are evolving as a band. Let's take you on this journey. And I've said that myself about the show. You guys took us on a journey. And that journey was rough for you, and it was challenging for some of the fans. But it took you to another place. You know? You're absolutely right. I don't think we'd be here today without show. I mean, unless you're a band that keeps repeating the same record. You know, if you're AC, DC, which I love, but many records after a certain point the record starts to sound all the same you know? so people just expect from ACDC or other bands always the same thing you know but we've never been that band you know if, even if you take Reverie and Comalize it's not the same record it's of course the same band but it's not exactly the same you know it's an evolution of that record and, and there were we were incorporating more modern elements already in Comalize if you take a song like Tightrope or Daylight Dancer 
they're not very conservative gothic metal songs. You know, the riff was already groovy. There were samplers. There were there were um, uh, vocals were a bit more modern metal kind of vocals. So it, it depends from song to song. You know, while Evans Live was maybe more of a gothic kind of song so in a way. Even Unleashed Memories. It's been a great journey. Even Unleashed Memories has already different songs. And if you take a song like uh, uh, the one you like, uh, Current Obsession. Current Obsession, and, or uh, see, he knows one I want. Yeah. Or even the the, the first one, uh, Air of Dying Day. Day. It's already a more modern songs compared to Inner Reverie, which was more European gothic metal, Paradise Lost slash other gothic metal bands. So. So we always been a band that incorporate different elements in a way. And, and Kill the Light is more of a European song that we did recently on our career, you know, for example. Okay, final question for today. So, um, 2003, I think it was, I interviewed you, Christina, in Hammersmith, it was downstairs in the dressing room. It was my first, it wasn't my first interview with the Queen of Coil. It was my second, my first interview with you at the Astoria, which has unfortunately been pulled down. And um, Mark, I was there in the, in the background. In fact, it was the first time I met you all, and it was a great experience, so thank you very much for that. Now, I asked a question at that time, okay, uh, and it's, it's, it's a question that's been played in my mind a few times, and you gave me a bit of an answer. But I'll ask you again now, just in case, okay? So, the song you have on in a rev on Unleashed Memories, okay, it's called 119, and it's a number, okay? And I knew where that was coming. So, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it out there. Why won't you tell me? Is the amount of time you asked us this question. So, when our, so we knew that at Alcatraz Festival it would have been the 119 times. That's a bit of a head you, so we could bring I can tell future. you one secret also <laughs> about the song. One secret about song 119. When we conceived it, it was in between the song 120 and 118. Just fucking. <laughs> 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 Thanks, guys. <laughs> As you can see, Tim, we're no closer to the truth. We're no closer. One day. I'm hoping that when I get to 119 shows in turn. We'll, we'll leave a testament. Yeah. With who's going to survive, we'll know eventually. It's going to be on the headstone. It is going to be on the headstone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number 119. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Mel, say something interesting. Come on. Come on. I have nothing to say. You have nothing to say. Thank you very much. Well, it's been an interesting afternoon so far. It's uh, five to four. Lacuna Coil will be on in about an hour. Hell yeah, are currently playing, and you can probably hear them in the background. Managed to catch up with quite a lot of people this afternoon, as you would have heard. Lots of interesting things said. Tim managed to get a fantastic interview, which started off with Marco, who we managed to corner. And then Andrea and Christina joined us. We even had Mouse for a little while, so it's a bit of a unique experience, interview-wise. It's been great catching up with Gillian and Tim and Tysa, and I'm sure there'll be more of that throughout the rest of the day. So I've grabbed my camera, and I'm going to take a wander around the festival. It's, uh, it looks like it's been raining a bit, but we managed to avoid that by being inside. Go us. Uh, at the moment, it's overcast, but not raining, which is really good. So... Yeah, it's been a great day so far, lots of great music, and hopefully that will continue long into the evening. 
So Andrea predicted it would start raining just before they came on, and he was right. It started raining. Yay! That's it, just seeing them play. And uh, Christina had a bath on stage. She kind of literally did. It was raining and she just laid down in the water. It was kind of cool to watch. She was flicking water everywhere. But it was a really good show, really good show. Uh, 
pretty good crowd, loads of rain, as Andrea predicted earlier. As soon as they come on stage, it starts to really rain heavily. And uh, that kind of carried on throughout the whole thing. And then it stopped pretty much as they finished. So, yeah, must be some kind of a lacunical thing that they do when they're in Belgium. But it was really cool. Excellent, excellent show. And uh, Julian, we saw you at the front, you and Tysa, holding up your We Fear Nothing. And I got some pictures, so yeah, it was excellent. So we've got to find out what we can do for the rest of the day, other than keep out of the rain, of course. So it's 20 past six now. I think I've developed what I can only describe as sea legs. I don't know whether it was the constant motion of the the bus overnight or whether it was being on the ferry for that time while I was tired. But I swear to you, I stand still and I think to rock back and forth. And I can't even blame it on the alcohol. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Let's see if it develops over the next couple of days. Maybe I've got sea legs. It's a bit weird. Anyway, um, my hoodie is now really soaked, so it's pretty grim. Okay, so final words, what are you going to say? Um, we're super excited because we just met them and we saw them and we're happy. <laughs> and the show was just awesome, so it was a great day. Uh, time to no 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 it was a great um, end of the day <laughs> it was just awesome thank you for the photos thank you very much you're awesome <laughs> What? Okay. Goodbye, Christina. Thank you for everything, uh, for the show and for the time after. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> Keep it mixed. Yeah, you'll hear me our review later. So. Uh, best day ever. <laughs> Thanks for everything. Thank you, everybody. Ray. Did you have a good day? It was awesome. It was awesome. I think the show was great. The rain made it even better. How did you not get electrocuted? That's what I want to know. I didn't think about it. I thought about it later. I was trying to avoid all the cables when I was coming back, you know, the, the, the stage, and, the, and then I was going back to the front part of the stage, but I didn't think about it when I laid in it. I can't believe how... I mean, it was raining so heavily, and then for you to lay down in it and start splashing around. I... Sometimes you, know, you can you don't get an even more intense show in these mm. conditions, you know, because you cannot... These shows where you don't rely on the lights, you don't rely on choreography because it's a day, day show, basically. Even if it's late, but it's still day, daylight. So you... and you have this condition, it makes it even more special, you know, because you can play with something different. You know. I think it's the thing about, like, you're there through adversity, you know, the people that are still rocking out in the crowd they're getting rained on they're getting wet yeah, yeah. so you're right I didn't get electrocuted but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't get electrocuted <laughs> yep yeah it's, it, I could imagine that it kind of makes you want to do that a little bit more for the crowd because yeah, they're out there in the rain they're taking all the water and all the rain and they still stand there and sing the song so you have to do that same yeah least. But you did say before the show, as soon as we start playing, it starts raining. Yes. And then when we finish the time, it's exactly what you did. I couldn't believe it. It's not the first time. <laughs> Must be a build. I like thing. it when it starts to rain in the beginning of the show and then it gets clean mm. and, and sunny or at least not raining. I'm right in saying that the, the rain did stop before the end of the show, though, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was just, there was still rain coming down the from the roof. Three songs for yeah. Oh, it's good. Good wet show. Yeah.
next time you have to bring your uh, swimming trunks and uh, slide along the front of the stage. I feel like the day is over. <laughs> Alright, well it's 20 to 10, uh, it's getting dark here, it's been a long but very good day, met lots of people, it's great to see so many colleagues handing out posters, uh, taking lots of pictures, some of them somewhat embarrassing, lots of head kissing, uh, very strange, very very strange. Uh, we've just watched Marilyn Manson getting a, a vehicle to go the 150 feet from the, the building where the dressing rooms is to the stage. All very surreal. You can imagine the comments as he went past. The show's about to start. Not that I'm going to spend any time or effort watching it, but, you know, it's about to start. Well, it's 20 past 10. I've just heard Marilyn Manson murder personal Jesus, so I think it's time to leave that part of the venue. It's been a really good day. I feel a bit tired now. I think the hours are catching up on me. Uh, had a few beers, had lots of chats. I think I head back to the bus for a bit of quiet time. And uh, uh, if I get a chance, I'll check in before the ferry, which will be sometime about five o'clock tomorrow morning. But I'm sure the night is still young, as I understand that the bus isn't going to leave the venue until about one o'clock. So we've got a few hours left. Right, well, I'm on the bus. It's quiet at the moment, it's rather late. And I think I'm going to get some sleep. So the chances are next time I speak will either be if I get kicked awake by Marco, which is possible, or when I get up to get on the ferry. So we'll see. Okay, well that's day one and part one of the Empty Spiral Tour special, or as I'm calling it, Matt's 48-hour European tour. So in the next podcast, we'll be playing day two, which is Bloodstock Festival. I nearly forgot where I was then. But until then, um, look forward to catching up with you soon. As is always the case, if you want to get in contact with the Empty Spiral podcast, you can do so via the Empty Spiral website, which is www.emptyspiral.net. You can always touch base with us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net. And of course, we're on Twitter, which is at emptyspiralnet, as well as Tumblr and Google+. So we're pretty much on all the big social networks right now. Um, check us out. Hope you enjoy the show. If you want to get in contact with us, or if you want to email me, you can do so. It's either at emptyspiral.net or podcastemptyspiral.net. And most importantly, let's not forget this is a community podcast. So if you want to be on the podcast, you want to be interviewed, you want to talk about what it is to be a Lacuna Core fan, you know the questions by now. Then, of course, get in contact with us and we'll make sure that you get on the show. It takes very little effort and we usually have a pretty good time when we get special guests on there. Special guests like you, of course. So until next time and when we play the second part, um, enjoy Lacuna Core and we'll catch up with you all soon.